Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks, that's, that's where it all starts, because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansley got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy, Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude, Johnny, and we are here to recap a 5-2 victory for the Chicago White Sox over the Toronto Blue Jays in the series finale. Before we do that, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap, at Tap Sportsnet, following Johnny at Nani Johnny, and following me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. And if you need any White Sox gear or Chicago sports gear, go to Grandstand. Check them out on socials at Grandstand Socks. Or if you're down by the Paul Park, check them out at Grandstand or go to Grandstand.com. Johnny! GrandstandSox.com, that is. Johnny, White Sox win 5-2, to two, win the series finale against the Toronto Blue Jays. How you feeling, my man? Hey, I'm feeling great. Victory beers, man. Cheers. Yes, I love it. Um, taking the series from a team that, you know, White Sox, the division, they're, they're running through their own division pretty much so far. And, you know, when you played an ALE team earlier in the year, uh, we ran into them when they were hot and we went cold in the New York Yankees is what I'm talking about. Now you get another ALE team who's in contention there. With the Jays coming to town, you take two of three. I am satisfied with that buzz. So cheers to that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It was nice to see, you know, the, the Jays have been on quite the tear. I know they sit in third place. I think we were talking about that when we were on uh, last time, you know, they are a good team. They're sitting in third place in the uh, AL East right now. Um, that's behind the Rays and behind Boston, but they have a good young team, uh, but a lot of injuries they've been battling and, and, uh, it was a test. It is. It's a test against a team like that. They're a playoff team in my mind. I think that they're going to get there. So it's nice to uh, hold up our end of the bargain here and take two from them out of a three-game set. Yeah, m- most definitely, man. And, and the thing is, like, when I look at the scores of these games, uh, sure, you know what, they put up six uh, last night when things kind of got out of hand uh, in the eighth inning uh, of that game. Other than that, two runs in each game of the series that uh, the White Sox gave up to them. So for a team that hits very well uh, and they do it as a whole, it's not just one guy providing the pop, uh, even though, you know, Vlad Jr. is the easy one to point to. He probably gets the most recognition for it. But up and down that lineup, uh, those guys can hit, and they're doing that without George Springer too. So I think it was big and just shows the uh, sort of – caliber of the White Sox pitching uh, to be able to shut them down like that. And even, you know, before that eighth inning yesterday, I mean, Lance Lynn was holding them pretty well too. So uh, overall, definitely satisfied. And you saw strengths of the White Sox on display. Uh, do we be able to take this thing? The story remains the same, Johnny, when it comes to White Sox strengths and pitching being one of them. Uh, Dallas Keuchel. Yes. Arguably. And I mean, I don't probably not even arguably. I'm, I don't think anybody's going to argue. Say, I think you and I have said this a couple of times, not about him specifically, but about a guy and say, "Oh, is it are you know arguably his best?" And so far, I'm just going to go out and say it: best start that we've seen from Dallas Keuchel this year. I'm going to say it. Now, I think, honest to God, the way he was mowing him down, I think since he got here, 
That's uh, yeah. I mean, there were, there, I will say he did have some good ones last year that really, you know, kind of cemented himself as, you know, yeah. he got off to a hot start last year in the shortened season. But yeah, you could make that argument because of the way the cutter was working tonight, Buzz. Yeah. I mean, he just, he had location on everything. He, he was putting pitches. It, it, it was the show stuff. It really was. I mean, he was just putting them where he wanted to put it, and it worked every time. It was absolutely amazing. He he has an outing where he goes six innings pitched. He lets up two earned runs, but he strikes out eight, and he and he walked two. But I mean, he struck out eight. That is uh it's amazing. It's season high in strikeouts for uh, Dallas Keuchel there. Yeah, that's big too because I think there were some starts earlier in the season that where he wasn't striking out anyone or maybe getting one and people are getting a little concerned like, oh, does he have it anymore? It's like, sure, we know he can kind of induce some ground balls, but you don't want to rely on contact all the time in the modern day uh, era of baseball buzz. So it was good to see him miss bats in the cutter. You know, uh, like Stone pointed out very well on the broadcast, he's able to start that and it's always going to be a ball, but it looks to the hitter just because of that deception with it where it starts, it looks like it's going to be a strike to them. And that's why you saw some of the guys swinging out of their shoes and like really trying to figure out how the hell do I hit this cutter? Right. All right. Absolutely. I mean, he comes out and he does exactly what we needed him to do tonight. And uh, just what White Sox pitching has done all year. I mean, it was just, it, it was good to see that now getting into the bottom of the first Johnny, because obviously Dale starts off. Him. We jumped we, on him. Yeah, exactly. And we do it with your mean Mercedes being in a new spot here. He's batting yeah. second in the lineup and he comes out and he literally hits this ball at his ankles. I, yeah, but Buzz, I would love to go golfing with German Mercedes after seeing that. I feel like it'd be some happy Gilmore the, shit. Dude, the power that is, imagine if you like, cause the, 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 the way they described it too on the broadcast is great because he's flat footed there and it's an yeah. fully an arm swing that he's going out. And first of all, the pitch was low too. I mean, that was like close to like his ankles, like where right. it was. Imagine if he gets everything behind it. <laughs> like if you're on the golf course with him, or even just how at the driving range, you'd be like breaking the net, like at the back of Top Golf. <laughs> he almost drove it out of the park. Yeah, and, it, and that was the crazy thing. And that's what something Steve Stone had said. He was like, "Look at his foot. Like he, there was just no, no leg. It was all arm strength out out of that." But it, I, I, again, it was amazing. You know, he put the bat on the ball. He's been struggling lately. We've watched that average come tumbling and tumbling mm-hmm. down. But he, he's sitting here batting second tonight, and he makes a count right away. And he starts with a double. Uh, all right. So after Tim, you know, gets an out there, Mercedes comes up, hits a double. We get MVP toe. MVP toe comes up. Or I'm sorry, it was Mankata who comes up after that. I apologize. Mankata comes up after that. Nothing. MVP toe comes up. He rips a double. Yes. And that'll make the score one nothing. Your mean will come around, he'll score. And I'm just gonna let you talk about your man here, because your man, your man's comes up here, and uh, oh yes, there's some good shit. Yeah. So first of all, you know, props to Pito because I feel like there have been a few spots uh, in recent days where it's like, oh man, we really could use a, you know that kind of MVP to clutch thing. But it was good to see him do that and do it early, set the tone. Uh, and then Yasmani Grandal from the right side, Buzz, uh, going opposite field here because you got a lefty on the mound in Ryu, and uh, Yasmani is, you know, the legs are feeling better. He has said that. Steve Stone has said it on the broadcast. Uh, obviously, uh, in full effect tonight, you saw that he's able to drive that ball out into kind of the back part of that bullpen there, uh, and that gives you two more runs there. So you're off and running. That's why the title of this episode is jumping on the Jays, man. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's nice to see Yasmani Grandal start to pick it up big time. Now, there's a tweet that was out there. I thought I bookmarked it. 
I did not. But uh, Yasmani Grandal, I think it was like in you know the last 55 played since like May 11th or something like that. He has just been absolutely insane. Yes. I, I, I actually it? I do have it buzzed. It's good thinking yes. because we didn't even talk about this before, but I did bookmark that because I saw it and I was a little just astounded. And it's just amazing what he can do when he's finally feeling healthy uh, and looking good doing it. Um, it was from Scott Merkin. He says since May 11th, Yasmani yeah. Grandal has eight home runs and 13 RBIs over 55 at bats. Uh, that, that's some efficient production right there. And it just tells you to go like you knew that the early season slump just wasn't him. Something wasn't right. Something was off with him. So I've been saying it among our circles, but obviously there's never been anything official out there. It's never been bad enough to send him to the injured list, but I think it just, uh, you know, this is a proof in the results of that. He's finally back to feeling like his normal Yasmani Grandal self. And that is huge, especially with all the absences the White Sox have currently. I'm just, I'm just happy. Great minds think alike there because I saw that. Yeah. And I, was like, I got to bookmark this. I thought I did and I didn't. So thank you for picking me up. <laughs> um, I got you. You know, then it, it gets a little bit quiet on the scoring front after that, Johnny. Okay. It, it gets a little quiet there. Uh, top of the fifth inning is when Toronto will score again. Marcus Simeon singles the center. Um, and that'll score panic. And, you know, it, yeah. it'll be it'll be three to one there. I, I, a couple of comments on this inning buzzer at the top of the fifth. So mm-hmm. it's just like so weird how baseball works out. Uh, Panics was an infield single, just kind of like a weird like roller to first base in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he's got some okay speed, so he's able to get that there. Adams absolutely smokes a ball that probably should be a hit, but it goes right to a guy. So that's a line out right after him. Uh, and then Espinal uh, with the infield single. Um, and that uh, after that, it was more of a standard single for uh, Semyon to drive in, uh, you know, panic. Uh, on that one to make it three to one there, but it's just weird how baseball works out, you know, with all of our obsession with exit velocity and barrels and all that. It's like, wow, the, you know, the two guys got, got on to set that whole thing up with infield friggin' singles. Just so weird. Sometimes it's really deflating, but it was nice because even though the scoring happened, I thought that that little son of a bitch, and you know me, I'm always terrible with last name, yeah. Bichette, after he came up and we struck him out. I was that inning. I was like, Oh, thank God. Because every time I see him come up, have you noticed that kid even during the series, but I've been, I've just been watching him and we need, we know he's going to be a really good fucking player. Yeah. Obashad's going to be a very, very good player for a long time. He has a knack to be able to put the bat on the fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. And it's it just, it, it's annoying. It actually makes me not like him because yeah. I don't have him. I, <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite White Sox pitcher, Lance Lynn, would refer to Bo Bichette at this point in his career as a slapdeck motherfucker. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But it was huge from, from Keuchel just to get out of there, and he strikes yeah, him out. Yeah, you got innings. Vladdy Jr. coming up after That's, if you don't ex- get Bichette. Exactly. That's my point, man. And I know Vladdy Jr. didn't have the best series, okay? I, I know that. He, he did not. I think tonight was the first time he had a hit in the entire series. Yeah. He, he did barrel up some balls though. I mean, there, there are a couple oh. hard hit outs that I've seen. So yeah. yeah. And you just don't want that. You can, you know, he can go off. He's got, you know, he's got, first of all, he's got the jeans and second of all, he's just got a good approach at the plate. Uh, and he's got power. He's just a big boy. So he's got power. He can do it if he needed to. So he's one of those guys where I feel uncomfortable every time he's up against you know, up at the plate against us. I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, I'm like, don't pitch to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just how yeah. I, I, you know, just don't pitch to him. He is, I mean, look, it's in the numbers, Johnny, mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, this guy, you know, is your way too early MVP right now, you know, hands down. It's either him or, um, yeah, Otani. That, I, yeah. I, I, that, I, if, 
for the that ever, it's ridiculous too because you think of Vladdy and you just think of you know maybe if you're a fan of a different team and you're just seeing whatever the highlights on that sure you're going to see some of the bombs and whatnot but I think what was most impressive impressive about him uh, so far is the average and that's really what's keeping him in those talks buzz oh yeah absolutely absolutely so that that's what gets us out of the fifth there's uh, you know Keiko getting that strikeout and then we're going to move into the sixth because not, nothing happened for us in the bottom of the fifth. Yeah. Um, this is where it kind of gets crazy. This is a uh, Vladdy hits a single to shallow center. Hernandez strikes out singing, uh, swinging. Grichuk grounds out to third. Oh, Guerrero this, Jr. gets to second. He this then gets play. To, yeah, it, it, and then he gets to third on a wild pitch. Um, now th- there is something in this inning that really bothered me. Yohan Moncada not knowing how many outs there are, man. There's no yeah. way to step around it. Like that you, was it. You, you gave them know. a fucking free out again, and it ended That's up two leading days to a f- leading to a free run. So Keuchel should, if they could score mental errors, Buzz Keuchel yeah. should only have one earned run against him. I if agree. You're scoring that is a mental error against Yohan Moncada. I agree. That that's second. That's that's something you can't afford to do. Yeah, especially is like, yeah, we're talking about a White Sox winner here. We're excited because the White Sox won, no doubt about it. But we also know that this offense isn't giving us a lot of reasons to be like, oh, we can hang in there with any. It's the pitching that's doing it. So when you give away free outs and you put more pressure on them and like you just said, you just made, you know, accounted for another run. You just put another run on the board because you forgot. How many outs there were in an inning? Yeah. They can't fly. They got to clean it up, Johnny. I know, man. And it's so, it sucks because every once in a while, think about how many times you just average people, you have like just a mental lapse, like, oh, like I every forgot day. where I where I forgot where I put the keys or something like that. And granted, it doesn't, you know, it's like whatever, inconsequential shit in life. But in baseball field, on a baseball field, in terms of like this, it's like, sure, you want Mankata, maybe just a little bit lackadaisical. It's a mental error there. And you hate to rag on the guy because what, you know, reach base safely at like a record pace so far this year. And he's, you know, the team leader in F four so you can't like say like oh like fuck Moncada like in this spot but at the same time you're just like oh man I think he's one of your best players it shouldn't be happening to him it should be happening to the replacement guy that's in off the bench and like maybe he's just not as accustomed to it whereas like Moncada it's like man you gotta like know there and it's like how many times has he done it like no problem and we never say anything about it and it's just like oh that was you know double play we just move on and talk about the next play buzz but in this one, it just shows through big time because a wild pitch gets over and then, uh, you know, single eventually brings in the run there. So uh, unfortunate there, but we have some positive stuff to talk about after the summer to get into that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, last time we were on, before we move on, last time we were on, do you remember how we were talking about, yeah, it's going around the bases and then having fucking new, uh, was eaten behind him with the fucking trumpet? Yes. The only thing I can think of is the look that Dallas Keuchel gave Mankata after he fucking met. I'm tying this all into family guy, right? Yes. Is, is the look Dallas Keuchel gave you a Mankata after he threw the ball the first and didn't get Vladdy Jr. out at second is when Brian wore glasses and Stewie hit him with a baseball bat. It broke <laughs> yeah. the that was the only fucking thing. It's like, hey, Brad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, like, yeah. come on, Paige. You know, yeah. I was just, oh, my God. It just dro- drove me nuts. And like I said, Makata is just so cool, calm, and collected. Mm-hmm. I think it really did upset him. I think he pissed himself off a little bit. Yeah. But you, you'll never – he's a hes a brick wall. He's a what, – what is that? He's in a glass case of emotion. You know, like you <laughs> yeah. can't fucking tell what he's feeling. But, I, you know, obviously it is what it is. A mistake was made. Thank God the Sox didn't pay for it. But it's just mental errors like that that can end up costing you big. Yes. When you're talking about that in a playoff series, we're probably losing our friggin' minds here. Oh, 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 yeah. But, yeah. 
once again, it's a, it's a long season. There's 162 games, so we can step back, especially after the fact, and at least acknowledge it. And I'm sure he'll acknowledge it. They'll have talks and just be like, okay, yeah, just everyone's got to be dialed in. Maybe it's a matter of just turn around and look at the big scoreboard there, real quick, real quick for a pitch for every you know batter comes up. Okay, I got one out here. I need no, I know I need to go to second. Ground ball to me, but that's let's like I said, let's get into the positive shit. We had a win here, so let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So something very positive because we don't get any scoring until the bottom of the seventh here. So at this time, it's three to two, right? Adam Angle Dude. fucking hits a bomb to center, and he didn't even get all of it. And it was a abs- I mean, just absolutely something that we needed to see that I'm sure not just us needed to see it, but Adam Angle needed to see. I, I believe Johnny if I'm not mistaken, was that Adam Angle's first hit being back or was it a second hit? Ooh, that's a good question on the hits. Obviously, first home run. I know yeah, that. Yeah, it was definitely his first that home run. Fact, but I yeah. honestly, uh, I'm not your fact checker here. Unfortunately, I wish I had. I that. am your fact checker. I will find it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think a good point that you made there is he didn't even get all of it. So we could even see a longer angle, Bob. And I'm sure we will uh, at later points in the season. First hit, Johnny. Yeah. First hit. Wow. I love it. Gotta love it. Gotta yeah. love that. Um, what a way to come back. Um, you know, he's been in the lineup a couple of times. Uh, obviously, so far, uh, coming back on Sunday when his debut obviously made a great catch. What we all know and love him for, uh, the signature defense. But also, uh, he deserves the praise for the improved approach uh, that he's had since basically. Excuse me. Basically, since the second half of 2019 on, um, and he, you know, fixed his mechanics, fixed uh, how he was seeing pitches uh, and is able to now uh, provide some of that pop uh, in these spots. And this is huge because this is a big insurance run buzz uh, bottom of the seventh here. Um, and they, they would still get one more after this. But, hey, welcome back, Angle. Uh, and Angle watches over us, whatever you want to say about that one. I, I love it. I, it was great to see for him. And hopefully that gets him rolling again because think about how hard it is sitting out for the first, you know, Ever since uh, whatever he went out and kind of like the mid end of spring training, I would say about three quarters way through spring training, we were really getting close to the season. And then you have the, you know, he's ramping up thinking he's going to get back sometime in early May, like the White Sox expect him to. And then he has a complete setback and he's back at square one with his rehab goes down, has a little bit of time at Charlotte, and then he comes up to the big leagues. And Steve Stone has talked about it, too. He's like, it's going to take a little bit for him to get back to adjust to seeing major league pitching. So I'm not shocked that this was his first hit, that it took this long. And not saying it was that long, but still, you know, a few games for him to really get back into the swing of things here. Uh, but hopefully this is just kind of the jump start for him. Uh, because, like I said, White Sox are going to need production from these depth guys with all the major injuries that they have. And 100%, there's a lot of... Uh a lot of optimism that surrounds Adam Engel too. And Steve Stone talked about it a little bit, and we've actually had conversations in person with Dave, White Docs Dave about this constantly. Cause you know, he's a big Adam Engel guy is like, if, if Adam can, you know, with this new approach that he has to the plate, start putting the bat on the ball a little bit. He goes from being a fourth outfielder to being an everyday outfielder. If he can mm-hmm. start hitting, he's got the strength, he's got the speed, he's got the defense to do all of it. It's just putting the bat on the ball. Um, obviously, you know, with all the injuries and not, you know, saying that, oh my God, we'd rather have him there than Luis Robert or anything like that. But you know what I'm getting at here is a serviceable guy that can come in and do good it, things. And it's nice to have a consistent option because you know, right. you can go to him every day. Whereas I'm not discounting anything that any replacements have done in the form of Billy Hamilton and Lurie Garcia when they have stepped in. But you want to have that consistent option and only play those guys there when it's absolutely necessary. And obviously, we've seen Billy Hamilton go on the shelf for a couple of times. You know, they're they're brief uh, outages for him, but still, uh, you want to be able to have that consistency in there. So it's nice to have Adam Engel back for sure. 
Yeah, uh, you know, and Louis Garcia should should be in the MVP conversation. Obviously, well, so I miss every year. Obviously, every year, every, every, yeah. every, every year, people are going to hate us now. Um, all right, so moving on. Um, you know, we the, the Sox end up getting through the um, the top of the eighth. There, you know, no damage done to them. It's four two at this point. We're going to get to the bottom of the eighth. This is where they do the last of their damage here. Tim Anderson draws a walk. Pretty good at bat too, because he was down zero and two to start that at bat. He, uh, he comes back there for a, for a walk. Mercedes flies out to right. Mankata strikes out swinging. Jose Abreu doubles to left again. This time it'll score Tim Anderson. Then Grandal will strike out swinging after that. Um, absolutely, you know, good shit from Pito. Um, yeah, since our guy Tony's not on the show, I got to say it for him. MVP shit, Buzz. Yeah, MVP shit from Pito. He he adds another insurance run, and that's after the top of the eighth. I went right to the uh, bottom of the eighth there, obviously, but we'll talk top, top of the eighth for a moment and go a little bit back there. Cody Hoyer coming back after his little yeah. pickup that he right. had. And, and and Steve Stone said that he had uh, worked with Cats a little bit to adjust. I guess when he was pitching, he was pulling himself to the left, which is kind of fucking him up. I don't know if you heard that on the broadcast. Mm. Today he seemed more squared, more centered. And you saw what he did. I mean, he had two outs within six pitches. You know, yes. uh, uh, breaking ball was working good. He had his heater working, and uh, he he gets out of the inning uh, safe and clean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just overall with the bullpen too, because Marshall pitched a clean uh, right. seventh there at a leadoff single, but got the double play, a uh, big K to end it. So that's nice to see his curveball working well. But then as for Hoyer, uh, yeah, like uh, you know, last year a lot of weak contact ground balls that he was inducing. That's why he was so effective, able to do that on his first two outs there uh, in the eighth inning that he had. Uh, and then he got a grit check. He struck it pretty well, but that guy's a power hitter. He's going to get his every once in a while. But either way, the right at Adam Engel in center field. So no damage there. Nice to see from Cody Hoyer. If he's turning uh, the corner there, um, that's huge uh, for this bullpen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's something that needs to happen. You know, you see a lot of uh, talk, um, not just on Twitter, but everywhere, you know, that the Sox should add a right-handed bullpen piece, which, mm-hmm. I mean, is definitely something that should be discussed for sure. But if Hoyer could pick it up, I you know, and Marshall can get back to some consistency, it's something that I really don't worry about too much, you know, because those guys are super talented. They just need to put it together. So um, after that, after the, uh, you know, that was the top of the eighth, I already went over the bottom of the eighth, what happened there. Our closer, Liam Hendricks, comes in. And uh, he has a, a, he gets a save. He records his 16th save of the year. He works one inning. He lets up one hit. He strikes out two. Um, 24 pitches there. Now, I, I want to get your opinion on this, and then you know we'll move on. Um, would you have liked to see him come in in the eighth, like Benetti was saying? Because I, I am kind of that. I mean, obviously hindsight's 2020, right? Because you know, fucking Hoyer came out. We just talked about how great he did, but that was the heart of the lineup that Hoyer kind of went went against. Do you think it would have been a good move to bring him in or save him for the ninth? You think that TLR played that right? <laughs> I, I think it's in it's you know. <sighs> It's tough to say because how how do you say that a game in June isn't as valuable as a game in September, something like that. So where I'm at is these guys still need to figure it out. And I talked about it with Crochet. Uh, getting the ninth in a game uh, previously, and there were times where you know people had wanted H- Hendricks uh, in that spot uh, when the White Sox were tied, and they they eventually went on to win that game. But uh, I think that it, there's still. 
things to you know work out here with these guys. And, and if you want them to be in that spot, they're not going to learn unless or get back to that unless they're in that spot with the pressure. Sure, Cody Hoyer can go and fix his mechanics on the side mount or in the bullpen uh, in throwing there, but how is that going to translate? Is that going to be the same, or is he going to be a little more herky jerky and pull himself you know off to the left side like he he was having issues with, and that was causing the command issues that he saw. So uh, applying it in the game, you obviously saw it's great. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy here to just sit back and say, oh, yeah, it was the right move because Hoyer didn't have any damage in his inning. So I can see both sides of it, Buzz. But where we are at, I look at the juncture of the season here uh, right now, and um, I was fine uh, with going to Hoyer there. I like the way that you put that is because you don't want to say one game is more important than the other, but these guys need to get a little rope. You know, you got to see what yes. they're able. You got to see what they're able to do because you can't just rely on Liam Hendricks to come out and bail you out of every single thing because then you're not going to have them available to you. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you keep doing That's, that. Yeah, our, yeah, our arm stress for uh, right. Hendricks too. I mean, if it was up to him, I mean, he'd be pitching friggin' seventh through ninth every game of every single you know right. the whole season. But that's right. obviously not possible, and you yeah. won't get you won't get the best Liam Hendricks then when it counts. You know, say um, when I say when it counts, I'm talking October playoff baseball. I think I think when when Benetti first had brought it up, obviously you know it's the top, the bottom or bottom of the seventh going into the top of the eighth, right? And then the Sox add the you know they're four they're up four to two at that point. They had the insurance run at the bottom of the eighth there, and then Liam comes on. Um, I wouldn't mind. I like I'm not willing to throw a fit about it or anything and be like, oh, this is what should have happened. I, I did think it was interesting because I didn't think about it that way. I I kind of find myself sometimes thinking that the closer is the closer they're coming in in the ninth. And that's just cause I like kind of how I grew up watching baseball, you know, but um, I would have been fine either way, but regardless, anyway, it was nice to see Hoyer come in and fucking do what he does because you know, he, ha- he has it in him and he did it against a very dangerous lineup at that. And, and the best, the yeah. best hitters in said lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best argument for Hendricks there would be uh, the guys that you have coming up uh, in that spot there. But once again, it's a, you know, you're bound to face uh, some of the other team's best guys in the playoffs. They're going to be putting their best nine out there uh, when you get to that spot. So, um, you know, and down the stretch when, when teams are competing for playoff spots, like hell Toronto, say you face Toronto later in the season. I know we don't, it's probably more mid summer the next time we see him, but Hey, if you're a team like that, just say of that ilk and they're scratching and clawing because they're not in control of their division. They got really got a claw to get that wild card spot. They're probably going to have their best nine out there. You're probably going to have them in that big spot. Um, facing that pressure, I think was good for Cody Hoyer and I hopefully can set him on the right track here going forward. So, you know, a <laughs> bunch of hindsight here uh, from us, but uh, that's just kind of my take on it. So no, I, w- I wasn't really getting uh, kind of uh, up in arms uh, about Hendricks not getting the eighth. Right. Gotcha. And, and, you know, that'll end the game there in the top of the ninth. Like I said, uh, yeah. you know, Guriel Jr. He flies out, panic singles, the right center, um, Rowdy Telez hits for Adams. He strikes out. And then um, that's it. They get two strikeouts in a row there, and the game's over. So uh, White Sox end up winning it 5-2. White Sox winner. Um, like I said, Dallas Keuchel, he picks up the win. He moves to 5-1 and one on the season. That's a 16th save for Liam Hendricks. Uh, Sox will now start their series tomorrow against the uh, Detroit Tigers. Yeah, Buzz, before uh, we get into that Detroit preview, uh, we will in just a matter of minutes here. But – it was, I said, if we lost, I, before we went on this show, I told yeah. you, I said, if we lost, we probably would have led with this elephant in the room. Uh, luckily, we were able to put it out of our minds, and the White Sox got a win for Nikki, but unfortunately, that is Nick Madrigal, official diagnosis, uh, torn, or yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, tear of his right hamstring. So uh, that's on 60 day IL. And uh, unfortunately, you're thinking at this point, 
probably ending his season uh, just with the severity of that injury. So uh, it's tough news to take, but it didn't look good there. So I think we were all anticipating it, just waiting on the official word. It was kind of like, a you know, we, we were going nuts and kind of losing our minds uh, in the group chat before this game. Luckily, the win has kind of calmed us down a little bit, but still <laughs> at, at the same time, Buzz, let's talk long-term implications of this because uh, sure, you've gotten good production from the depth guys so far to this point, but you need to at least start fielding and throwing feelers out there for uh, potential replacements or trade deadline acquisitions here. And a guy that I know you have mentioned before, I admittedly don't know too much about this guy, but Adam Frazier, I want you to talk about him a little bit in the potential of, you know, obviously nothing set in stone, but ju- just the possibility of getting him uh, because I feel like a lot of White Sox fans may be like me. And if you're really only dialed into the White Sox, you don't know too much about what's going on with the rebuilding Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, right. So like you said, rebuilding Pittsburgh Pirates they are 23 and they're 38. They're 11 and a half back, Johnny. Um, now they, they have some talent on that team though, you know, and there's been a lot of rumors that have flown around just through White Sox, Twitter or things that you, you know, that fans want to see kind of happen. Like a guy like in Miami, former Pittsburgh pirate Starling Marte hitting the market, maybe him being an option to play right field. Cause as we know, Adam Eaton has not really worked out very well. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different options out there, but in Adam Frazier is a guy that's under control, um, this year and also next year. And then it's, you know, then he is no longer under control. This is a guy that leads uh, the MLB in hits. And why I really like Adam Frazier for this position um, to take over for Nick Madrigal for right now, <coughs> excuse me, is he could play the outfield, Johnny. So if Madrigal comes back, this move can make sense for you. And the reason being it can make sense for you is, is you plug into place, right? So hypothetically, if Madrigal can come back and like, you know, it's probably gonna be a season ending thing with him. I mean, it's fucking brutal injury, but hypothetically he, he might come back. Um, You know, he's on the 60 day IL. We'll see what happens, but you, you get Eloy back in left or just fucking DH him for the love of God, whatever, you know, I've, I've said that all the time too. Yeah. You, you get him back and, you know, you keep Andrew Vaughn in left field. You, you, you get Luis Robert back shortly after Eloy or right around that same time. You get Nick Madrigal back. You start making, you're starting to make your run into late September going into October here to make some motherfucking noise. Madrigal might be ready to come back. If you plug those guys into place after you've traded some assets for, for Adam Frazier, you have him now in right field. You have the guy who's batting three, whatever, you yeah. know, good on base percentage right now, leading the league in hits. He's hitting 329, John. He's got a 392 on base percentage. Yeah. So the, the, this, this guy is worth 1.6 war, uh, according to baseball reference right now. Nick, Nick Madrigal is not far behind him at 1.4. So he helps supplement the, the production that you are missing from Nick Madrigal. And and that's a guy that I'm looking at. That's not going to cost you the farm. He's not going to cost. I mean, he's going to cost a a penny, Johnny, Uh, but he's not going to cost you. Like, you know, a lot of people are talking about Marte from not Starling Marte, the other one from uh, Cattell Marte from Arizona. That's going to cost you a lot. And I was fucking around earlier. Like, you know, okay. Grochet and any fucking prospect you want, take him. (laughs) You know, he's under control for a few more. Take him. I don't care. Whoever you want, give me him. you know, but they're not going to do that. I think this is a more likely move to happen, and this is a move that I really like to see happen because, again, like I said, that doesn't only help you this year, Johnny, while your your guys are out. It's going to help you next year, and it plugs into play. You get a good player that can go play right field, and then your outfield and your infield set. 
Dude, I love it. Thank you for the rundown because I just, as you know, I, I'm really dialed into the White Sox here and I'm at a lot of the games. So I'm not sitting there watching Pittsburgh Pirates games, especially then. It's like, you know, if you're pulling up another game, it's probably one between two competitive teams. So I'm not watching a whole lot of Pittsburgh Pirates. That's why I wanted to know you gave me a great uh, rundown there and our listeners of Adam Frazier. So I think on a Sunday fun day, we'll come back and we'll touch all, you know, more possible options beyond him. You know, maybe we'll get into Cattell Marte, Starling Marte, possibly a- any of these guys, possibly. But I wanted to just throw one of them out there here because this was the immediate news that just dropped today and we just got confirmation that uh magical will hit the 60-day il so um like i said to be continued on a sunday funday discussion here but l- let's get into uh weekend series buzz going up to motor city detroit sucks who do we got uh on friday we're in detroit we have lucas giolito and i just closed out my other ones you're gonna have to i think it was a scuba right is that who it is that's who it's gonna be right He's the next guy going up, I think. Yes, it'll be Tarek Skubal. Uh, same yeah. matchup as this past Saturday uh, at the rate. Yeah, fuck. See, when I was there, I, they lost. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> that was my we're, fifth we're game this there, year. Yeah, yeah, it was my fifth game this year. I am now, I am now three and two this year. So hopefully, uh, Lucas can get this one back. Hopefully, the offense can perform a little bit uh, against Detroit here. This game starts at six ten. You know, that's my favorite. Love those Dude. early starts on Friday nights. Socks on tap, happy hour, baby. Let's yeah, hundred percent. Get it. home from work. Already got the grass mode, Johnny. I feel good. My chores are done. I'm gonna come home, man. Make some nice dinner. Sit in the garage, watch the game. Um, you know, so that that's the matchup tomorrow. And you know, hopefully, uh, Lucas looked good last Saturday. You know, he he let up a couple long balls and stuff, but he did look all right when he was uh, when he was playing uh, Detroit. So hopefully he comes out tomorrow and holds him at bay and, and this team could uh, take advantage of Detroit here. They did, however, win pretty convincingly today over the Seattle Mariners. They just beat the shit. Out. I think it was like eight to three. The uh, the score of the game was. But like you said before, we came on. It's it's Seattle. So, you know, it's yeah, uh, it is what it is there. I just want to talk matchup real quick here with uh, Tarek Skubal and uh, Lucas Giolito. Um, with Lucas Giolito, you said oh, overall, too, and not too terrible. I mean, he still he wasn't egregious. He wasn't, you know, he still you know lost the game, but uh, a lot of home runs and the wind was swirling a bit at guaranteed rate field. We know it's a hitter's park to start with, so some of that wind can, it can help push some balls out. Definitely did towards left field uh, the line that I was sitting down. Uh, so I know that for a fact, and that's part of what led to the Detroit Tigers runs that ultimately led to the Tigers beating the White Sox uh, the one time they did that weekend series so um you're playing in a massive ballpark in detroit so i feel like as long as lucas giolito has a strikeout stuff and for the most part he has uh, ever since has kind of uh you know shaken off the rust between uh m- you know mid-april through uh early parts of may and then he had to start at minnesota where it like really started to click back uh i think if he's at that level the white Sox are set up for success uh you just need to get your timely hits uh, and execute when you do have your guys on base so um i think you can get to Tarek scubel uh this will be you know we saw him uh, made his debut last year and saw him a couple times and then obviously have already seen him at least once this year i'd have to go back and see if we uh did, you know played against him uh, at a different time so far but um obviously he had, a, had himself a solid day uh but make your adjustments after his 11 strikeouts against us last week uh, and i think the white Sox will be set up for success i'm just gonna go and predict a uh a five to one white Sox winner on friday night I like it. Um, I like it a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go and say that the White Sox are gonna get a sweep here. Um, so I'm gonna go with you. I think they're gonna sweep Detroit. And you know, usually I'm not super cocky like that unless I'm playing with the letters on my refrigerator and saying yeah. fuck, fuck, whatever you know, fuck yeah. this team or fuck yeah. that. Detroit sucks up there tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm gonna do it again for sure. It, it was good luck. Um, 
but I, I'm calling for the sweep here. And, and Johnny has got to throw this out here right now. You, you know, the, you got these Twitter accounts out here and I just opened my, my Twitter to, to a couple DMS of this from the MLB executive burner saying the white Sox are one injury away from throwing in the towel. Like, listen, dude, this sucks. Don't get me wrong. It is fucking brutal that Kopech is hurt, that Eloy is hurt, that Luis Robert is hurt, that Nick Madrigal is hurt. It is fucking brutal. Johnny, you will agree that is fucking brutal. This team is 14 games, I believe, above 500. So, yeah, that just knock it off here. No one's yeah. throwing in the towel for anything. They are first place in the AL Central by a considerable margin right now. Okay. No one's throwing in the fucking towel. So just yeah, everybody and, don't listen to these fucking burn accounts. They have no idea what they're talking about. I think this kind of circle back to tonight's game, Buzz. After, yeah. you know, a loss last night that hurts emotionally and, uh, you know, on the scoreboard um, with the way that it went down uh, late and letting up those runs uh, with the guy that should be your setup guy there. Um, you saw the resiliency in full effect tonight. So it's like a next man up mentality. As soon as someone goes down like that, those other guys are chopping at the bit to get their opportunity uh, and go in there and show what they can do. Uh, and obviously, I think, you know what, I, I'm going to make a prediction here that I think you will see a power surge from Danny Mendick um, because I, I was talking with uh, my guy Andrew Kinzer a little bit uh, earlier today. I think people forget that Danny Mendick has some pop in his bat. I'm not saying he's as consistent of a player because Nick Madrigal, you know, has ridiculous amounts of hits, but Danny Mendick can provide some pop. He had some massive bombs last year. He's got, you know, like uh, was at least two home runs already this year and only like a very, very limited uh, amount of plate appearances. And that's with extremely scattered playing time across multiple positions. You get him in there more consistently, finding his groove. I think you'll have a nice little power surge from Danny Mendick. So before we're at June 10th, before the month is over, I'm going to predict at least three more Danny Mendick home runs buzz. Oh, I'd love to see it. And, you know, I like Danny Mendick a lot. Like, you know, I think that he's a good player. He's a good bench piece. Um, you know, to be a hundred percent honest with you, if everybody was uh healthy and whatnot, I don't think Danny Mendick be up here right now. Um, but he is, and he's got to make the most of his opportunity. And I think he's going to take that really seriously. Just knowing the guy that, that Danny Mendick is, um, and, and hopefully he can turn around, you know, more consistent, well, more consistent at bats, like you said, are going to turn out to more success. And, and the other thing working for him, Boz, is he has the power of the cleats behind him. Remember our guy, Summer of George, making yeah, some summer of designs. The, the, the power of cleats. He, he's got it. He's got it right behind him. So uh, all this, the stars are aligning for Danny Mendick. Like I said, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see three more home runs from him before the calendar flips to July. That's yeah, my, that's that's a little bold socks on tap prediction here. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I hope he can. I, I hope he can do it. I'm excited for Danny to get the opportunity and I hope he could help keep us afloat as we're moving on here. Because, like I said, the train, the train's still rolling. And when you look up and down this lineup still, Johnny, is as, as, as <laughs> injury bitten as it is, you, you still have, you know, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, you know, uh, Andrew Vaughn. I know he's not batting, you know, doing the best right now, but he has shown some flashes of somebody who's going to be very dangerous. You know, you have Yohan Mankata. There's one yeah. through six is still this guy heating it up. You know, Yasmani Grandal coming out and, and doing some shit. One through six is still dangerous. The pitching is still fucking good. So it's going to, I mean, can it be the best that it has been? No, but. They're still going to win games. They're still going to be competitive, and we're still going to yeah. win this motherfucking AL Central. Yep, I love it, Buzz. Uh, I think we're about uh, closed up here, but we need to get picks to click, and then I think that'll do her. <sighs> Pick to click for tomorrow to start the series off against Detroit. Uh, you know what, Johnny? I, I hope I'm not stealing your guy here, but I like what you said. Uh, I'm going to go Danny Mendick tomorrow. 
I, I love it. I hope, I hope that does come at Detroit because that can uh, showcase his power a little bit with it being, uh, you know, a big alleyway park. Uh, but yeah. he, he has a strength to be able to get it out. Remember, he was hitting him on the freaking wavelength uh, in that series where he just destroyed the Cubs last year mm-hmm. at Wrigley, and he was kind of getting the party started for that big blowout win that we had uh, up there. So I like Danny Mendick as that pick there. Um, you know, it, it's kind of tough uh, with, with, like, who's going to be in the lineup, who's not here. But um, I'll, I'll go and I'll put some faith in uh, Yerman Mercedes. I don't know where he'll hit exactly in the order here, but uh, – uh, Tarek Skubal is a lefty uh, on the mound. So you would imagine that they stack up as much righty bats as they can. Obviously, you're probably going to have Collins in there because Lucas Giolito, for whatever reason, uh, doesn't throw to uh, Yasmani Grandal, but we could have that conversation for another day. Uh, but if Yaz is hot, I could see him DHing. And, or, uh, yeah, actually, it's a tough call. Who do you DH? Uh, Yerman Mercedes or Yasmani Grandal? But Yaz has played a uh, decent amount here, uh, catching uh, most of these games here uh, in the Toronto series. So I could see it being Yerman, Yaz day off, and back behind the plate for. Uh, um, Saturday. Long? So it's no. a, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a long winded answer there, but I'm gonna go Yerman because he did have two hits to start his night tonight. Uh, and I just want him to get back on track because white Sox will need it. So, uh, speak it into existence, buzz. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yerman comes out tonight with two hits, Johnny, hopefully he can start building off of it and putting the bat on the ball like he was doing in the, in, in uh, April there. So that's what we need to see out of them. And let, let's hope it happens. But, uh, I like the picks to click. So we have, <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud. So I don't forget. And it's yeah. going to ring in my head. Johnny has your mean, and I have Danny Mendick. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna pick. write that down so we remember it for tomorrow. Buzz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Buzz, who, who's your picks and click? Oh, I'm gonna take Lurie. Buzz, you picked Mendick yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's right. Okay, so those are our picks to click. We got them. Let's hope. Let's go out there, Johnny. Let's win this goddamn series. Let's. I want to sweep. Take out Detroit. Detroit sucks, Buzz. That's my piece. Absolutely, Detroit sucks. You got anything else before we ride out here? Uh, no, man, uh, just keep the winning ways going and do it. Do it for Nikki. Do it, do it for all the guys that are injured there. Uh, I didn't feel like tonight was a big win for Nick Madrigal. Um, but you know, it's funny, all the memes that come about it, you know, the, in the sky, cause everybody's joking about is he like dead on the opening day. So now we got even more to add to that. I want the think, happy Gilmore. I, I think thing. we need Schwartzy to expand that like dugout one and have Eloy and then have like Roberts jersey, have Madrigals, have Kopex up there, get them like, get Billy Hamilton's up Keelan, there, get them all like Keelan blue did that. And she's got all of them. It's all of them as a jersey. It's all is it? of them. Yeah. yeah, it's all. I saw, of them. I saw the one in the sky. I did see yeah. that one, but yeah, yeah, it was so fucking hysterical. Yeah. I opened up and I just saw the Happy Gilmore. Like I had chubs and shit up there, and the fucking yes. al- the fucking okay, so alligator. I, I, I did see that one, but you remember what I'm talking about? From the it was opening day, and they had the Eloy one, the jersey, oh, yeah. with the red gloves hanging. I want all the jerseys lined up, and like it would be like fucking super long, like extended. Further than like that one, like because I was just like a square image. We're gonna need to make this like a land, like a, a whole like, <laughs> like landscape one of like the whole like the whole friggin' half the roster, pretty much. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that'd be amazing. We 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 need Chorty on that immediately and yeah. get on it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's all we got. So uh, everybody, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at socks on tap at on tap sportsnet. Following Johnny at Nani Johnny me at Buzz on tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. Check out Grandstand for all your socks gear. Follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks or go to GrandstandSocks.com. We'll be back in some sort of capacity tomorrow. I don't know who it's going to be yet, uh, but hopefully the White Sox pick up this win over the Detroit Tigers. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. So White Sox forever. Detroit sucks. White Sox forever. <laughs>